Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter, or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. We're in a season of, of, of growing. I want to just see people continue to step out and try new things and, and say, so well done, Greg. I thank you for, for saying yes when I asked you to do it. I think that's a real key. Is that we, you know, one thing that um, Pastor Mark actually told me when, when he was here, he said, just keep saying yes. And uh, opportunities will just continue to come and it doesn't matter what it is in life. When we say yes, as long as it's a good thing, <laughs> not uh, negative things, you know, I'm talking about doors that open, that God, that God gives us opportunity. We just say yes, even when we're scared, even when we don't feel comfortable. It's what, it's what actually gives you the opportunity to grow. And, and so, well done, Greg. Thank you for that. Well, I'm going to have a go with this. I just saw these cups here. I thought they were awesome, so I'm going to have a go. It's a bit uh, fancy, I reckon. I feel like I'm at the beach. It just needs an umbrella in it. Well, I hope you're well. I hope, uh, hope those that are online, I hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining us. And... Uh, you know, today is our, uh, you know, the last instalment of our comeback, uh, the comeback trail series, and so I think it's been a great series. Just to, uh, you know, we're in a, a an unusual season as a church. We, um, you know, we're we're trying to come back from this whole coronavirus thing and and meeting together. You know, it's it's been a challenge, and it is still a challenge, and it will continue to be a challenge because uh, we can't just meet in our normal way uh, and with all the uh, news going on and what's going on in Melbourne we could actually see some more changes yet which is uh, just part of the situation we need to remain flexible and do what we can uh, to make church happen and continue to meet in the best way that we can and and uh, but this whole series has been about uh, coming back and and you know we're also in a transition of leadership as well um, and transition uh, it always creates this whole new uh, new direction in, in where we're going and so there's this idea of that we're, we're coming back into something new and uh, you know I the first week I talked about pre, uh, you know building through adversity uh, we every comeback trail is faced with adversity we always have life isn't perfect things happen and uh, some people attack us on purpose and some people, uh, and then things just happen that are out of our control, like the coronavirus. And so we can't allow these things to just stop us in our tracks. We have to continue to keep building. And so it's really important that we, that we build through adversity. And then week two, Aston, she preached uh, about doing a new thing. And the analogy that stuck with me that she used was, you know, don't be blockbuster, be Netflix. And, uh, you know, Blockbuster went out of business because they didn't change with the times. They didn't, they didn't do a new thing. Where Netflix, uh, they tried something new and now uh, the main video movie provider, uh, that I think it was 15% of all internet traffic is to Netflix, which is amazing. And they're a multi-billion dollar company now. And so it's important that we don't just continue to do the same thing, that we, that we change... The gospel message doesn't change, but how we, how we go about 
proclaiming the gospel message needs to change, that we, that we are, are relevant and speaking into, into the life of those people in our generation so that they can hear it. And then last week, I had Daniel and Sess come up and we did an interview uh, and I got them to do some homework on uh, some comeback stories. And I, uh, what I loved about that was there was two, two different ways in which, uh, in which the comeback stories really presented. One was, um, you know, Joseph that Daniel talked about in that uh, things, ha- things happened to him that were out of his control. And... And it was identified that our comeback story is never a straight line. It's a process. It's one with setbacks. It's one with detours. It's, it's ones with up and downs and, and roundabouts. And, and that's, that's, that's a normal part of our comeback story. Uh, but then Seth talked about Peter and how he actually uh, abandoned Jesus in his, in his hour of need. And, and even though he had made a poor decision, Jesus restored him on his comeback trail and that was so important that to realize that we're, we're going to make mistakes along the way uh, but Jesus is able to restore us and able to to bring us back in line with what he's doing and so this week I want to wrap up the series uh, by giving us some some things that we can do uh, individually uh, in our own lives but things that we can do as a church to come back strong and so I've entitled my message today, Seven Key Ingredients to Come Back Strong. And I just want to give you seven, seven things, uh, and they're just going to be sh- seven short things, they're not going to be long. So I'd encourage you to take some notes, to write them down, uh, because I believe that if, if you can apply these things to your life, and if we can pl- apply them to us as a church, uh, we'll come back strong. You know, as a church, we have an opportunity to do something new. We have an opportunity to recreate who we are uh, and to position ourselves in a position of strength. And even though there will be obstacles along the way and challenges during this coronavirus season, I believe we can position ourselves in a way where we're healthy, where we're strong, uh, and that we can have an impact on this community. And so the first uh, ingredient that I want to give you today is that we need to let go of the past. See, the biggest obstacle we face in life is actually letting go of the past. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, we all have a past. And if, uh, if we live in the past, we're actually not living in the now or, living, or working towards moving forward. We can get stuck in the past. I remember when we first moved to Shepparton, it actually took me a while to let go of, of Brisbane, where we came from because I was still hanging on to who I was and the, the positive experiences that I had up there, the, the friendships, um, the lifestyle, because that's what I knew. And so I lived with one foot in and one foot out for, for a few years, actually. And I was kind of just floating along, waiting for it to end so that I could go back there, because that was the hope. And uh, God had other plans. Uh, but I had to realise in that in order to, to make the most of where I was now, I had to let go of that thing. And as you do that, you then begin to see what God is doing now in your life. And you begin to be able to make the most of what is in front of you right now. Because you're not hindered by what you're hanging on to. The other thing is we can, we can allow the hurts 
and the, the offences and negative things of the past to actually stop us from moving forward. So we can chase protection and comfort zones because of hurt and pain that people have caused us or things that have happened that are out of our control. And we can hang on to the past in that way. You know, we can put barriers around ourselves out of self-protection because of things that happened in the past. And in order to move forward, we actually need to let go of those things. Sometimes it might be that we need healing, that we need to go and, and get help to, to forgive and, and let go of the past. But nevertheless, we actually have to do it if we want to move forward into all that God has for us to become strong. You know, Philippians 3, verse 13 to 14 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, this is Paul. Paul the Apostle. If anyone had any reason to hang on to the past, it was him. He suffered shipwreck. He was beaten. He was flogged. He was whipped. He was put in jail. I mean, if anyone had an excuse to be like, nah, I'm not going any further, I've done enough, it was him. And yet his attitude was to continue to look forward, to continue to, to uh, have hope in what God was doing in the future and to just continue taking one step after the other. I love Jesus, the way Jesus puts it in Luke 9, 62. Jesus doesn't mince words. He says, Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for servicing the kingdom of God. That's a, very, that's a big challenge, isn't it? You know, God has things for us to do, good works. He has a mission for us. And if we're looking back to our old life, we're actually not fit for ministry. We're not fit for what he wants to do. What a challenge. And so we can't afford to do the same as a church. We can't look back to the good old days. We can't look back to what he did you know, in a previous move of God or, or a previous pastor or whatever. We've got to look to what he's doing now. God is doing a new thing. The second thing we need to do is we need to have vision. So vision is actually the thing that actually causes us to know where to go. It gives us direction. I can't remember who said it, but it's a, it's a common saying. It's, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And I think for a lot of people, and I've been guilty of this for a long time myself, is that we can just float along in life hoping that something will happen, hoping that we'll become something or hoping um, that we'll get to these, these dreams and, and goals that we have for us. And... In doing that, we actually kind of end up aimless, wandering around, just waiting for something to happen. It's a bit like, have you ever been in a car with someone and you're going somewhere and they don't really know the exact destination, they haven't looked up the map, and they're just, you end up driving around for a little bit longer uh, because they, you just, oh, it was over this, over this way somewhere, and the, the tension gets high, the frustration gets high. Having no vision is a little bit like that. You, you can be heading somewhere, you kind of know where you want to go, but you're not really sure where it is. So vision sets direction. It helps us to know where to go. 
the third thing is we need to be intentional. The third ingredient. Yeah, it's good to have a vision. It's good to let go of the past, but unless we actually put steps, uh, take steps towards that vision, uh, it'll just stay a vision. I love what Habakkuk 2 verse 2 to 3 says. It says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. You know, when I think about that driver analogy of just hoping to get there, being intentional is actually putting the, the destination into the GPS system. You're actually putting uh, the destination of where you want to go, you, you're, you're making it tangible. You're putting, it, you're, you're putting the map in front of you because it helps you then to plan the route, plan where you want to go. But writing it down actually takes it from a concept and makes it a tangible thing. See, when we leave it as a thought and as a dream, as a desire, we put it in the one day, someday, maybe category rather than putting it into action. When you write something down, you're, 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 you're kind of, it becomes a concrete, like a, a concrete thing, like it's, it's like creating something. Until you actually put some action to it, it's not really a thing yet. And so writing something down and making it plain is the first step, it's, it's the first action you can take to make your vision. Be something that is a reality. See, Proverbs 21, verse 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. See, when we're intentional and we're diligent to, uh, to write it down and make a plan, we're actually taking steps towards that plan, towards that vision. So we need to be intentional. That's number three. My fourth ingredient today is we need to have faith. So Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's actually talking about belief. See, faith is belief. It's believing in something. And belief is actually the prerequisite for any action. If you don't believe that you can do something, you won't do it. I mean, what's something that you've tried in your life for the first time? Uh, you know, maybe it's riding a bike or, um, I don't know, some sort of activity that's a bit, little bit out of your comfort zone. You know, there kind of has to be this faith step to go, well, I, I could possibly do this. There has to be some realm of belief in order for you to take action on that thing. This is what faith is. It's, it's a belief that you can do something. But the faith that God talks about is not just uh, believing you can do something. It's actually believing that God can do something. See, Mark 9 verse 23 says, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. But what he's actually talking about is believing in what Jesus can do. 
He also says in Matthew 19, verse 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So we can't just rely on our own self-belief in ourselves because that'll waver, it'll go up and down depending on our circumstances, depending how we're feeling on any given day. But when we put our hope and trust in God, we put our belief in Him, we're actually putting it on a firm foundation. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is reliable. You know, he's the creator of the universe. And he can do way more than we could ever think or hope or dream of. See, Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Now, he can do far above anything we could ever imagine or think of. We're limited in our thinking. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He can do things in this town and in this region and in our lives, things that we haven't even thought of yet. But if we put our faith in him, he'll actually begin to make those things happen in our life. So that's number four, we need to have faith. Number five, the fifth ingredient is we need to give our best. See, Colossians 3, verse 25, uh, 20, 23 to 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. This is actually one of these scriptures that uh, I personally live my life by. I've plastered it on everything so that I can read it time and time again just to remind me of how to conduct myself. See, there's so much attached to just doing things well. We're actually saying to God, I'm grateful for what you've given me. We're saying, you know, you've given me this life, I'm going to make the most of it. And I think when we do that, we actually then get the most out of life anyway when we do our best in whatever it is. From the small tasks to the big tasks, whether we think they're relevant or not, just doing your best is actually a characteristic of being like Jesus, of being like God. It's who he created us to be. God didn't do things in halves. He didn't uh, create the world in seven days and be like, ah, she'll be right, that'll do. Imagine if he did that. The world would be a mess. You'd have trees that are growing um, the wrong type of fruit because he was like, ah, you know, that bit of DNA will be all right with that tree. He's, <laughs> you know, kind of half done. Or, uh, you know, the earth alignment might have been just a little bit off in terms of the spinning on its axis. Ah, she'll be right. Apparently, if, uh, you know, the, the spinning of the axis of the earth was out by like one degree, we'd all die. We'd just spin out of control and <laughs> gravity would be uh, all gone and, you know, we'd be colliding with something else. But God is precise. He is, uh, he is intentional 
and sees things through to completion in the best way possible. And I think we would do, do well to do the same in all that we do because we're being, we're being the way that God created us to be. We were created in his image. The other thing that uh, giving our best does, it actually opens doors at the right time. We provide opportunity for ourselves when we do things well. There's a principle of stewarding what God gives us. He, we actually show God by doing our best that he trusts us with what he's given us. And there's this thing in the practical, uh, just in everyday life. If you see someone doing something well, you actually want to partner with that person because you're like, ah, oh, I like what that person does. It makes you want to do things with that person because you can trust that they're going to do the right thing. And so there's this natural consequence of when you do things well, you actually um, give yourself opportunity, new opportunities for, for God to do things in your life. But when we don't, even the things that we do do, God actually gives to someone else who will steward it well. We see this in the parable of the talents. You know, the two that did well and multiplied what God had given them, he blessed them and... Uh, and he, he sent them on their way. Uh, but the one, the lazy servant who didn't do well, who didn't steward what God had given him, he actually took uh, from him what God had given him and given it to the guys who did well. So there's a principle here that God wants us to steward this life, what he's given us, and to do it well. And so I'd encourage you, whatever you do, do your best. My sixth ingredient is we must be patient. See, 2 Peter 3, verse 8 to 9 says, Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, God... God has this bigger perspective of what's going on in our lives. And I think sometimes we can turn ourselves inside out, wondering, you know, why haven't you done this yet, God? Where are you? We can feel abandoned uh, in our journey of, you know, the hopes and dreams and desires that we have. We, sometimes we think we should be further along in terms of where we feel like we should be in life. But God is doing so much more than what we, we actually see. And God's timing is perfect. You know, he, he is working in the background of every one of our lives. And we need to not just lean on our own understanding of what we, what we see is going on. See, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. You know, we can trust that God actually has our lives in his hands, that he is guiding and directing us in all that we do, and that he is opening and closing the right doors at the right times for us in what he wants to do in our lives. And the same is for our church. You know, he's taking us on a journey. He is opening and closing the doors of opportunity uh, to, to impact this region. Uh, he knows when we're ready for things. He knows 
uh, what we're capable of. He's not going to give us things that we can't handle. And so we just continue to trust him and be diligent with what we've been given in this season. So we must be patient. And my seventh and final uh, ingredient for coming back strong is we must commit to what and we must commit what we do to the Lord. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. I think that's a really good promise. You know, it's easy to just go about doing our own thing in our own strength and, and, and hoping for the best, and we'll get some wins along the way and, and, uh, and get, you know, get towards what we set out to do. Uh, but when we commit it to God, he actually establishes our plan. He is the one that it, who works on our plans because we include him in our plans. You know, God wants to build his church. And he, in fact, he is already building his church and has been building his church for a very long time. And that includes you and me. Because the church, up, the church is made of individuals. He's building, you know, where the Bible talks about us being stones stacked on a stone to build the temple like it's not a building it's all of us being built on top of each other and he started this you know when he talked to peter he said matthew 16 verse 13 to 20 he says and i tell you that you are peter and on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hades will not overcome it see we We'll have obstacles, we'll have challenges and we need to do our part to partner with God. But God will do his bit. When we commit our plans to him, we're actually partnering with what he wants to do. And in fact, I think we accelerate the process when we do. When we, when we commit our ways to, to God, he establishes what he wants to do. And I think we're actually in a season of that right now. You know, we've had lots of change uh, there's lots going on in terms of coronavirus and the way that we do things. But I kind of see this season as a, a season of redirection. It, when things happen that are out of our control, it actually causes us to reevaluate what we do and what's important and what matters. And I think as a church and possibly as individuals, we're kind of in this season of, of figuring out what matters. Like, what does God care about? Who are we as a church? Who are we as individuals? What are we putting our time and energy into? And I think we're in this season right now, which for me is exciting because the possibilities are endless of what God wants to do through us. See, we're not coming back to just doing Sunday services. It's not the goal. Sunday services are just one part of who we are. The goal is not just to come to church on Sunday every week and tick the box and then just go about our lives. The goal is to actually be uh, a bunch of people who actually live and breathe the gospel every day. That we get up daily and we ask God, what do you want us to do today? That we operate in his power, that we operate in his strength, that we are led by the Holy Spirit in all that we do.
Now, God is, God is actually positioning us right now, I believe, to impact this city. We are, we are redefining who we are right now. And I can see the wall between this church and the community just breaking. The divide is, is, it is coming down. And I believe we're actually going to impact this community in ways we have never seen before. It's not just going to be about having good services. And yes, we will have good services. Don't worry. I like good services. I love worshipping God with music. I love listening to the word and, and hearing good preaching. I love meeting together and, and seeing everyone and encouraging each other and spurring each other on. But we're going to be so much more than that. We're going to be an army that is mobilised to see transformation in this city. We're going to see lives transformed. We're going to see poverty gone out of this town. We're going to see homelessness gone out of this town. We're going to see businesses thrive. We're going to see families thrive. You know, family violence is through the roof in this town. Because we, we have broken families. And I believe God is positioning us to to impact that region, to impact that area. He is equipping us right now, and I think we are on a journey of equipping right now, of positioning ourselves to be able to handle these sorts of things. And this will be a journey and this will be a process, but this is where we're going. We are called to influence this region. We are called to bring heaven to earth. And we are called to make his name great in every single person's life in this region. We can't afford just to do Sunday service. It's not enough. Even though it's fun and it's good. It's so much more than that. And so, I'd encourage you, would you, would you partner with us as a church to go on that journey? For those online, would you partner with us as well? You know, we're heading in a direction that I believe is the best days we've ever had. I believe that with all my heart. This church, this building won't be big enough soon. <laughs> I just know it. That's that, uh, that confidence that's not in me. That's that confidence in what is God is doing. God is able. God is willing. He can do far more than we could ever think or imagine. And so he is going to open the right doors. He is going to provide the way for us to, to make his name great and for this church to have an impact on this region. So would you stand with me this morning? I'd love to pray over you. And you know, this is the, the last instalment of the Comeback series and Next week, we're going to shift gears. We're not, we're not coming back. We are back. I don't think we can afford to stay in that mindset of trying to come back. I think we're back. We're doing it. It starts now. And so I'd encourage you, I'd love to just pray over you right now, but let's just take some time to commit what we do to the Lord. Let's let him establish our plans. Let's let him build the church. 
So let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are the one that builds your church. That you actually have plans and purposes for this church, Lord God. And that this church was called to make your name great. That it was called to bring heaven to earth. And that it was called to transform lives for your glory, Lord God. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, as we pray, as we commit this next season to you, Lord God, that you would begin to birth vision, that you would begin to birth dreams, hopes and desires, Lord God, that would just blow our minds. Lord, we are not here to think small today. We are here to partner with what you want to do. And we know that you can do far more than we could think or imagine, Lord. And I know you're in heaven right now, just so excited about what you want to do in this place. And so today we commit ourselves to you, Lord God. We draw a line in the sand and we say, we actually give you our life. It's not about us, Lord God. It's actually about what you want to do. And like you said in your word, Jesus, that anyone that looks to the past is not fit for ministry in the kingdom. Lord, we let go of the past. We give it to you and we continue to look forward right now. And we commit this day forward, Lord, to, to your plans and purposes for now and for the future, Lord. We put our faith and our trust and our hope in you, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that this church would be a church where your glory resides. That we would actually step into the name that you've called us to be Encounter Christian Church. That, you're, that our identity in you would be established from this day forward, Lord God. That this would be a house where people encounter you, Lord God. But that we are also a people that go out and help uh, people encounter you through who we are. That it's both things working together, Lord God. In our homes, in our businesses, in our workplaces, in our families in our friends, in our social outings, Lord God, you are with us. And we actually carry your kingdom in all that we do, Lord God, because you have put your Holy Spirit in us. And you walk with us in all that we do. And in fact, your power flows through us, Lord God. And so I declare miracles, signs and wonders to follow every single person that calls this house home, Lord God. That we will be completely in tune with you, Holy Spirit, as we go about our day and that we will step out in faith Lord God in key moments throughout our day whether it's praying for someone or giving someone some money or helping someone whether it's a a business idea or a a uh, an adventure that you've called us on Lord God that that actually brings about your kingdom purposes Lord God we say yes we continue to say yes Lord God to what you want to do And we thank you for what you're already doing, Lord God. 
We thank you that this is a new day. And that this is a new day in the life of Encounter Christian Church, Lord God. Lord, I declare a church of hope. And I declare it a church of joy, Lord. That we actually enjoy living life for you, Lord God. It's not just about being serious, Lord, even though there are some serious moments. But your joy becomes our strength in all that we do, Lord. That this is fun, it's exciting, it's attractive because of what you want to do. And I just pray that your power would be manifest through your church, Lord. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepherd.